Welcome to the Paranormal News Insider for the week of June 23rd, 2020, and this is officially episode number 440. That's a four, a four, and a zero. That's a lot. Uh, and this is your host, Dr. Brian D. Parsons, and we are live on the Paranormal King radio network at paranormalking.com, a home to some uh, very, very awesome paranormal radio shows uh, not just this one there's others uh tonight on the news the paranormal news insider we have really this week is not that the quality wasn't there the last few weeks but we had a lot of stories the last few weeks uh, a lot of these stories the last few weeks kind of under the radar not front page type news for the paranormal but this week we've got four major stories that are four stories that are probably going to make the end of the year, the top 10 countdown. I guarantee you, well, I can't guarantee because uh, you never know. We're still have a little bit, well, a little bit less of a half of a year to go. And it's been a crazy year so far. You never know what could happen in July, August, September, October, or November. And well, nothing really happens in December in the paranormal. Uh, but uh, we got some big stories this week, so it's it's quality over quantity this week. Uh, but some uh, front page news, a lot of controversy, a lot of speculation, but that's what the paranormal is all about. Speculation, hope, and uh, people arguing, especially on social media. Well, what else is new? That's pretty much everything nowadays. Uh, so we are going to talk about the, the creature that keeps on giving. I, I don't understand. Every time you think this thing's going to go away, another story pops up. And you wait long enough, and a big story pops up. And you just think it's going to go away. No matter how many times, how many people come out and, and disprove this thing, guess your favorite creature. The Loch Ness Monster is back in the news this week with some controversy over some very clear photographs. That's Everybody knows Anytime there's a, a clear photograph of a cryptid, it has to be fake because that's not how things work. Uh, for some reason, cryptids all have this cloaking ability that uh, anytime you take a photograph of them, they appear blurry. We all know that. Uh, we'll also talk about uh, President Trump and his Area 51 information that he's he's released. That's what everyone seems to think. It's uh turning the UFO world upside down. Um, and we'll get to, into a couple of other interesting stories. But uh, before I lose track, I want to let you know, uh, we'll talk about the Paranormal Conferences Conventions. Before I forget, uh, but trying to, uh, just kind of burned out with it, to be honest, with the last couple of months changing things, all these uh, postponements, cancellations, uh, things that are rescheduled. A lot of stuff is rescheduled for next year, which I think is the smart thing to do with this year. I just It's pretty much uh, we're past the point of hitting the reset button. We've tried to unplug it and plug it back in. Nothing has worked. 
So just everyone's just saying, you know what, forget it. Uh, 2020 is a washout. We'll just uh, we'll just regroup next year. We'll, we'll all get together and see what happens next year. So that's pretty smart. I think that a lot of events have said, yeah, you know what, let's not even toy around with it. But uh, a good handful have rescheduled for the late summer and uh, fall, which is going to make uh, for some exciting times if you are going to uh, – get out there and, and get involved with some of these paranormal conferences and conventions. I do have one update this week, the haunted Savannah Paracon. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for an update, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. And I, I totally get it. Uh, rescheduling or figuring out what you're going to do with these events. Not an easy thing at all. I get it. Uh, it was supposed to be supposed to take place way back in April, April 17th. And 18th, it was uh, postponed, had no makeup date, but they finally found a new date. And yes, it will take place next year. Uh, so the Savannah, haunted Savannah Paracon will now take place February 26th through the 28th of 2021. Um, pretty weird. Like most, I would say almost half of the events were rescheduled for next year. And a lot of them say they're postponed. I don't think that I don't think that's how it works, but uh, yeah, a, a lot of 2021s. It's uh, pretty sad on the front of the paranormal. Um, but yeah, now, like I said, there's a lot coming up here in the summer and fall. It's kind of like a lot of them are in a holding pattern. You know, we have a lot of states that are starting to get uh, record increases in cases. Granted. You know, now they're testing a lot of companies and, you know, these organizations that have gone back to work and you're getting a lot of cases from that. But uh, if we hit the, uh, ooh, we hit another flurry of this, it's it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen with uh, the states if they decide to go back into lockdown. I, I don't know um, what's going to happen. But I know a lot of states don't want to lock down. They're going to do everything in their power to stay open. And, and uh, but what do you do? You know, what do you do? I'm, I'm just first time. I'm I'm glad I'm not in charge of the state. You know, I always wanted to be a governor. I think that would be a fun job for me. But uh, not this time. This is some really tough decisions and things. And obviously, there's a lot of crazy stuff happening right now. But yeah, there's also a lot of crazy stuff happening. In the paranormal. So that's all I can control right now. I can't even control that, really. But uh, yeah, keep your eyes peeled on the events listing at paranewsinsider.com. And I'll do my best to keep that updated. Uh, it's pretty much a washout this year, though. But uh, we'll see if uh, anything happens this summer or fall. I, I think pretty much everything is opening up pretty much everywhere. Uh, here in Ohio, we've we're kind of right in the middle. We weren't some, we weren't one of the first states, but we're certainly not one of the last ones. So we uh, we're pretty much for the most part. Things are open. Uh, things are are different now, uh, as far as going to uh, to places. Uh, there's still the social distancing thing, and you can't go into a crowded restaurant anymore. But uh, you know, a lot of people are moved on. They don't care anymore. They're tired of being told what what to do. Uh, people don't want to wear masks when they shop anymore. It's it's just so, like they flipped a switch. You know, it's unfortunately 
uh, these things don't work like that. We still have to pr have to uh, have a little bit of caution so that we don't uh, we don't kill each other. It's pretty much what's what it comes down to. Let's not make each other sick and then continue to spread this stuff. Uh, stay safe. I guess that's the best way to put it. So keep an eye on those fall events. Uh, what else do I have? I did have the uh, I saw some updates on the paranormal poll. And I don't know if I, I think I talked about results. I didn't really talk about it last week too much, but uh, excited to see a change here in the favorite nonfiction paranormal book on the paranormal poll, on the, uh, which is available through the front page there of paranewsinsider.com, the official home of the Paranormal News Insider. Uh, taking the lead this week is Lloyd Auerbach's ESP Hauntings and Poltergeist a parapsychologist handbook. It's got 30% of the votes, and that puts uh, a two-way tie for second place. Stanton Friedman's Flying Saucers and Science, a scientist investigates the mysteries of UFOs, and as well as Hans Holter's Ghosts, True Encounters with the World Beyond. That's that giant book. You could pretty much uh, you could stop a car with that or a bullet. Uh, it's a big book, a very interesting book. A lot of stories in that. Uh, but yes, I agree. ESP Hauntings and Poltergeists. Uh, if I had to save one book out of my entire collection of books, that probably would be the one because that's, that's probably the one that I've utilized the most over the years and I've gone back and read probably the most. And I know it's, it's, uh, it's really been an influence on a lot of people in the ghost field. And it's not your everyday... Uh, true hauntings type of book and it's certainly uh, not to bash things out there but it's certainly a lot better to get an education from a book like that than uh, no matter how many seasons of ghost hunters or ghost adventures you watch because that's you're not really learning anything from that believe it or not uh, unless you're trying to do your own tv show then you're probably learning a lot there but uh, very good books a list of books there and i do have a even larger list of books if you click on the uh, if you're on the front web page there there is a link to books and these were books that i talked about over the course of a few years of the show on a little segment called the book of the week and uh i saw a magazine a couple of weeks ago and i kind of forgot about it uh, but i was thinking about it the other day and i happened to see it again and i thought you know what that would make a good book of the week so the book of the week officially returns tonight, and it's really kind of weird because it's it's a magazine. It's not really a book, uh, but I think it counts. So we'll talk about that as we get into the Paranormal News Insider. We're going to dive in with cryptid news. I don't know if it's the most controversial story of the year, but it's certainly up there. And you know, it, again, it it just it just really, I don't know. It it just amazes me. And this story will never go away. Uh, I should say this cryptid, this creature, will never go away. The lore and legend of the Loch Ness monster. No matter how cheesy the sightings are, no matter how horrible and blurry the photographs are, uh, no matter how silly the stories are. I think this is going to go, it's going to exist forever. 
I, I don't I don't believe in it really at all. I, I don't there the arguments against it far, far outweigh any sighting. Uh, anybody who's ever seen one. Uh, the the science behind it really just demolishes uh, sightings. But I have to say of any story, uh, of any lore or legend behind any creature, this is probably the best. I mean, even bigger and better than Bigfoot because Bigfoot is so widespread, uh, even here in the United States. I mean, uh, 48, 40, and actually pretty much everybody but Hawaii has a, a Bigfoot tale, but even I've heard some stories of Bigfoots in or Bigfoots, Bigfoot in Hawaii. So I don't know. Uh, it's just so widespread. But you talk about Loch Ness. It's just one body of water. And where this sighting happened, this current sighting, which actually didn't even happen this year, which is kind of uh, symbolic of this year. Nothing good ever really happened this year, I don't think, for most people. Um, but uh like I said at the beginning of the show, a photograph has been taken of the Loch Ness Monster. It could be one of the best pictures in the history of the Loch Ness Monster. Uh, that says a lot because there's been some extraordinary photos taken uh, since the 1930s. Uh, granted, most of them <laughs> uh, have been proven fake. But we'll see with this one. So, yeah, 2020... A crazy year, no doubt, but it's been pretty boring, really, as far as the Loch Ness Monster has been concerned. Uh, pretty much uh, trying to recover from last year with uh, the big announcement that uh, they didn't find any kind of large creature in DNA testing throughout the Loch at various depths uh, with the uh, Otago University uh, study and pretty much said that the the eel is the most common thing. So maybe people are seeing eels instead of this uh, monster. But a uh, giant eel, possibly. Possibly. But, you know, it didn't skip a beat. Even though science says, no, there's nothing there, uh, people continue to have sightings. Uh, but now it seems like the Loch Ness Monster is, uh, it's, I, I guess it's warming up out there. But uh, the sighting actually happened last year, so you can't really claim it has anything to do with this year. But so far in 2020, there are five confirmed sightings of Nessie. And what you can't see, because I'm not on video, uh, is my finger quotes, confirmed sightings of uh, Nessie. According to the official Loch Ness Monster Sightings Register, which is hosted by Gary Campbell, the keeper of the Register of Sightings, the keeper. That's uh, cool. Uh, name there. Uh, all of these sightings, unfortunately, none of these were actual live sightings. Uh, I believe uh, Urquhart Castle is still closed to tourists. Uh, the last time I checked, I don't think you can actually go there. I don't know if they've opened that up yet. Uh, all of these sightings were webcam sightings of objects in the water. And the webcam for Loch Ness, horrible. It's uh, you look like you're looking at a body of water from 60 miles away. Uh, but people are picking out things and they're and they're screen capping it and uh, shooting video of it and all these other things. But you know, five of these sightings, the first five webcam sightings, it sounds pretty horrible. But uh, according to Campbell, about thirty percent of last year's sightings were also made through the Loch Ness uh, monster cam. So almost half of last year's were also through the cam, which again is pretty horrible. 
in my opinion. Uh, however, some uh, stunning photos have surfaced this year. Really, just one stunning photo has surfaced. Uh, and, of course, well, could have been posted on, I guess, uh, one of the UK online rags. But uh, it appeared on Facebook first, which is kind of unusual in this day and age now. Facebook. Uh, yeah, and it could go down as one of the greatest photographs of the Loch Ness Monster ever taken. Or, of course, it could go down as one of the biggest hoaxes of all time, too. Who knows? Uh, a man named Stephen Chalice, who was on holiday with his brother in Scotland for two weeks last September. Yeah, they don't have vacations. They have holidays. A holiday to me is July 4th, Labor Day. Anyway, I could sure use a holiday myself. Uh, so he was in Scotland with his brother for two weeks in September, and he took hundreds of photographs during his trip. But it was only during lockdown. Apparently, he had no other time all through uh, the rest of September, October, all the way through the the, uh, the year to look at his photographs. Uh, I mean, if I went to Scotland, uh, I mean, granted, I guess he lives in the United Kingdom, so it's maybe not that huge of a deal. But I would be excited to look at my pictures. Uh, but he didn't look at his pictures until the lockdown. Uh, so during a trip to Urquhart Castle on the 15th or 16th of September, no one's really, no one's really sure, I guess, uh, he did see an object in the water he assumed was a fish and began taking photographs. Uh, Chalice commented, quote, I started taking a couple of shots, and then this big fish came to the surface and then went back down again. It only appeared in one shot, and to be honest, that was something of a fluke. I watched for a while, as you can see from the last picture, but didn't see it again, unquote. Uh, so let me show, share with you a picture. Uh, this is kind of, and I could, I had a chance to get the unedited, undoctored photo, but you know what? I am a huge fan. I love photographs that uh, are posted online with the red circle i don't know what it is i, I just love those because it's so cheesy it's so silly uh but and there it is so here he's standing at the wall of urquhart castle looking out over the loch ness took a picture of this and in my estimation well, I'll tell you my estimation in a minute. So that's that's a far away look uh, to that picture. I'll show you one that is uh, uh, zoomed in. So they kind of cropped it a little bit. So it looks you're just looking at this creature. And, and what he did was so he took this picture and he put it on Facebook and he says, can anybody tell me what kind of fish this is? So. Uh, if you're in the chat room, you're, you're able to see these pictures. If not, you're going to have to Google it yourself. Um, but yeah, I, I like the, the red circle. I don't know what it is. It's just so cheesy and funny, and it's just it defines the paranormal, the dreaded red circle. Um, so question in the chat room, bigger hoax than Rick Dyer's Bigfoot? Probably not. Uh, there's a reason for that that I'll explain toward the end of this segment. Um so, yeah, this is the only picture the creature appears in. And it appears to be kind of partly out of the water. You can see it looks like a hump 
or a, a body. You know, a lot of people are uh, speculating it's it's a catfish. Some people are saying sturgeon. Some people are saying seal. And, of course, some people are saying Loch Ness Monster. Uh, some people have pointed out, though, that a sturgeon would have a fin, uh, basically a dorsal fin on its back. And you don't see that in this picture. Uh, there's a lot of weird things about this picture that just don't add up. Um, so other pictures that he's posted uh, via Facebook and to uh, another researcher uh, just show like a trail in the water. So it shows something that was swimming along the surface or under the water. Uh, it'd be interesting to be able to figure out how wide that was. And from some of the uh, different measurements, you could estimate a little bit better than uh, what this person says. So he says uh, he was photographing the opposite shore, uh, Steve Chalice. Uh, he was op taking pictures of the opposite shore, and he uh, saw a ripple in the water and then began taking photos. And he estimates the creature was about 30 feet away and about eight feet long. Um, but really and truly looking at the picture, I would say it's way more than 30 feet away, probably twice that, which would make that uh, awful lot bigger than what it is. But again, we would have to have to have some other photographs and, and to be able to really, there's no scale in this. It's, it's really hard to, to figure out uh, how far away that really is. We're just basically going in his word here. Uh, so Roland Watson, who's an author who also runs the Loch Ness Mystery Blog, he says, quote, if this is a genuine picture of a creature in Loch Ness, it would easily rank in the top three of all time. At this point, I am in an ongoing conversation with Steve as to the objections and concerns I have about this being a Photoshop picture. Uh, so we will see where that takes us, unquote. And um, yeah, this this is getting messy. This this is uh, this is kind of like uh, you know when you catch a fish and you hold it up to the camera, you took a picture, and, and then you go and you tell friends about how big it was. This whole thing is just getting a little out of hand uh, already. Uh, it's, this has been on Facebook, I think, about a week or so, and now it's all over the major. Uh, news, I think every single Scottish and United Kingdom uh, online magazine is running a story on this. Uh, this is a pretty big story. Um, according to the Daily Record, a digital photography expert has also stated the photograph appears to be photoshopped. Uh, the expert cites that color saturation and indistinct lining of the purported animal makes the photograph suspect uh, Steve however states the photograph is genuine he said this a number of times uh, in interviews as well as on Facebook uh, he's not claiming and this is the key he's not claiming it's the Loch Ness Monster this is a very big point here uh, he says that he posted the photograph so that hopefully someone else could identify what it was uh, he does say, quote, personally, I know there has been some interest and some people are saying it's the monster, but I don't believe that. I have to say I don't believe in the Loch Ness Monster. And frankly, I think if anything is there, 
then there is a logical explanation for most of the sightings. My guess would be that what I captured was a catfish or something like that. As seals get in from the sea, I expect that's what it is. And that would explain why these sightings are so few and far in between, unquote. Well, I don't think it's a catfish. I've seen plenty of catfish. I've caught catfish in rivers and lake. And I don't think it's a catfish. It doesn't have the, 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 the coloration of the body. Uh, it does look sealish, but it just doesn't look right. Something about it just doesn't look right. Uh, so... This guy sounds genuine. I mean, he's not, again, he's not claiming this is the Loch Ness Monster. He's looking for a logical explanation. But I think that's what the clever thing here is. I mean, he does sound genuine, though, right? So it doesn't sound like he's trying to fool anybody here. Um, so the photograph was posted on the Facebook group Anomalous Universe, and Roland Watson had followed the conversation once the photo was posted. He was one of the first people to respond to it. Uh, and uh, Chalice responded to criticism about the image being CGI by saying, quote, no, it's just a fish, but not sure what sort. Love the idea of CGI, but I'm not that good at it. Dot, dot, dot. LOL. Unquote. Uh, so, yeah, I, I He's not very good at it, supposedly. Uh, seems legit. You know, he's, I just took pictures, man. I want to know what it is. That sounds like what he's saying, right? Uh, so Watson did some surface-level digging. This is what I call surface-level. Somebody makes a claim. I can do a quick internet search. I don't have to spend any money. I don't have to sign into anything. It's pretty easy to do uh, a quick search of some, like, social media pages including LinkedIn. So Watson found his LinkedIn page, and uh, it shows that uh, Mr. Chalice is, wait for it, wait for it, a 3D graphical artist. Ouch. Uh, so Watson called out Chalice, to which uh, he replied, quote, I didn't say I didn't do CGI. I just said that I'm not that good. The photo is genuine, and it was taken at Loch Ness last September. We'll happily show you the rest of the images when I get home next week, unquote. Uh, so to me, it's that's what I call a lawyered-up response, uh, kind of defensive. Uh, you make a claim. You try to tiptoe away from not faking something, and then you say, well, I got caught. It's my job is to create things like this, uh, but I'm not very good at it. Well, that's your job. How you make your your uh, your money here? That's just weird. Uh, yikes! So again, if even if he did fake the image, he's never really come out and said that it's the Loch Ness monster. And this is uh, you got to be careful when when you hear stuff like this. They're distancing themselves from it, but they're putting it into the possibility that it is. I mean, to me. Uh, if he didn't think it was the Loch Ness Monster, why would he put it on an anomalous website? I would have put it on a fishing website or uh, Urquhart Castle website or something that would, uh, especially a fishing website, something that would get attention to people that might actually know instead of people who are automatically going to speculate that it's the Loch Ness Monster. So it seems like uh, to use a uh, 
a pun. It's kind of like bait and switch. You get it? Bait and switch. You're putting something into an environment in which you know what the reaction is going to be, but you don't make the claim. Uh, very smart. Uh, so he's going to get away with this. Even if it, he did fake it, he's going to get completely away from this clean. His hands are clean. It's everyone else that's making the speculations, not him. So uh, to me, this really reeks of a hoax. Uh, but he's staying true and saying that he's not fake the image. So um, the next step, I guess, would be to take the photographs, get the original photographs, and then you extract the EXIF data, or what they call metadata, to see the raw file. And find out about it. When was it actually taken? Uh, was it uh, put in Photoshop? Was it, uh, you know, if, if you can find the original picture and you see this without this monster in it, well, there you go. That's the proof. But if you find this image with this creature in it and it's been altered, that's a big red flag. Uh, so Watson pretty cool to have a name Watson do research and investigation, I think. Uh, so he ran into some uh, other roadblocks. He did get a hold of some of these extra photographs and the, the supposed original. And yes, unfortunately, uh, everything that he's got his hands on so far has been loaded into Photoshop. <laughs> so there's uh, that and there's a lot of other discrepancies that has raised an entire fleet of red flags. So, I mean, I have on my camera, I, I keep, I'm not a big fan of altering images, um, but sometimes I'll add color, contrast, brighten things up, sometimes crop things, although you have the ability to do that on my camera. Uh, as I'm taking a picture, I try to keep as true as I can, but provide the picture in a way that makes it look better. But it's all post so if anyone ever questions any photograph I have, I have the original photograph. I can prove what I did, my work. Um, but doesn't sound like that's the case here. So to me, it's a more sense of red flags. Uh, personally, you know, all that aside, if the photograph is genuine, not doctored, uh, beyond a little brush up here and there. I, again, I think it kind of looks like a seal, kind of, sort of, somewhat. Not, not clearly. Uh, seals don't swim completely out of the water like this, and they generally will swim with their head up, and you can still see their body under the water. Um, that could be one in a dive, getting ready to dive, but even this is a stretch. Uh, the big issue here is that, again, there's nothing in the photograph to provide scale, which is perfect for... Uh, hoaxing a Loch Ness monster photograph. Uh, everybody fell victim to that with the uh, the surgeon's photograph for decades. All we see is this this head coming out of the water. Could be giant. Could be 15 feet high. How little do we know? It's a little toy uh, on top of, or it's on top of a little toy submarine being dragged through the water. So, yikes! We fell victim to that. Um, another issue to me, which was uh, answered by Watson, which is always something I look at when you're talking about pictures, uh, is the camera that was used to take these images, which is a Sigma ST1 Merrill. Uh, this camera has the capability of continuous shooting, which is always a big, big um, red flag because you're going to get 
a, a lot of pictures, continuous shooting, and this camera does continuous shooting five frames per second, not a huge amount, but still five frames a second, you would think uh, he would have gotten a handful of pictures, m- more than just one. Uh, even if I wasn't thinking Loch Ness Monster, I, you know, I don't know. I, I would have gotten a, a few, at least. You just push your finger down on the button. It's not that hard. Uh, so I don't want to spend the entire episode on this one, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's, boy, I really hate to, I really hate to say it's a, a hoax, but uh, it's probably a hoax. I would have to say it's probably a hoax. Um, but uh, he's, because he's doing such a good job at avoiding saying anything and he's posted it in the right place and not said anything. So, oh gosh, Paul, you okay? I threw the link in the chat room there for uh, everyone to see that. But I do have, let me throw uh, a secondary link, and this is the actual link to the blog. And on this blog, you can see all the pictures that uh, were provided to, uh, I don't know if he's Dr. Watson. That'd be kind of cool. Mr. Watson. So he uh, has posted them on his blog. And you can click on his pictures, and they will... uh, be bigger as well. And there's no red circles or red arrows. And there's a lot of other things that uh, people have added to these pictures. So yeah, big pictures, uh, big controversy. And uh, it's really just now the dust is starting to settle. So I don't think we're done hearing about the story. I think there's still going to be some back and forth, but I do think that this uh, he's made some money and he's gotten his name out there. Uh, which is maybe the end game here. Maybe he just wanted to get his name out there. So he's got his LinkedIn page. I, I can't remember if he has a if he has a job right now. I, I have to look it back up. But you know, maybe he's just trying to get a job for his uh, yeah for for his skills. I oh, know. Perfect. He's got all the free advertising he could possibly hope for. Way better than paying a little extra money on LinkedIn. That's for sure. Uh, so let's move to UFO news. We got a giant story in UFOs. So obviously, the UFO social media universe was very excited, still is very excited, about last Thursday's President Donald Trump interview with his son, Donald Trump Jr. Uh, at the end of the interview, Trump Jr. asked his father what he knew about aliens and Roswell, not the TV show. Not the TV show, the location. The answer created a ton of speculation and led to many to believe that President Trump knows something about Roswell and may or may not say something. Uh, And many feel that this teeters on potential disclosure in the next few months. And it's amazing to see some of the, I've read uh, quite a few blog posts about this and it's amazing. People have, uh, you know, there's YouTube videos that's like 20 minutes long. 20 minutes long, you know, looking at this and, oh, well, you know, Trump moved his eyes this way and he, and he smirked and, uh, you know, trying to disguise a laugh and this means this. And he said this word and this word means that, that he knows and he's going to say something. No, come on. People are reading way too far into this. 
this was just a re-election interview filmed for his campaign by his, him and his son. You know, and uh, the question was just casually tossed in at the end. I believe his son uh, had made a promise, basically, to, to talk about this. And it didn't really seem to me that either one of them really took it super seriously. And, uh, I mean, if, if you've watched it, has anybody actually watched it? Now, there's a lot of smiling and near laughter during the question. So, yeah, I don't think either one of them took it seriously. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. asks, uh, he says, quote, last question. Before you leave office, will you let us know if there's aliens? Because this is the only thing I really want to know. I want to know what's going on. Would you ever open up about Roswell and let us know really what's going on there? Unquote. And uh, President Trump answers, he says, quote, so, so many people ask me that question. It sounds like a cute question, but it's actually there are millions and millions of people that want to go there, that want to see it. I won't talk to you about what I know about it, but it's very interesting. But Roswell is a very interesting place with a lot of people who would like to know what's going on, unquote. So it's kind of all over the place. And um, Trump Jr. then asks, quote, so you're saying you may declassify? You'll you'll take it, uh, unquote. And then President Trump quickly answers, uh, quote, I'll have to think about that one, unquote. And, of course, that's father-son. So when you know somebody, uh, your conversations, you can kind of walk on each other a little bit. So the conversation is really quick. I didn't watch the entire interview. I've only seen this question. So I don't know if the entire interview was that way. I'd really, to kind of gauge the seriousness of it, I would really want to go back and watch the whole thing or at least a few minutes of it, maybe not the whole thing. Um, but a chunk of it just to see how they, you know, how the conversation goes uh, because it was, they're really walking on each other a lot during that part. So, eh. I don't think that it's uh, – I wouldn't go in a, in a deep a deep mode with this thinking that he's going to declassify things about Roswell. I, I don't think it's got much to do about aliens if he does know stuff about the, this. I think there's some other stuff that's, that's going on here b- besides aliens, besides um, – you know, reversed engineered UFOs and whatever else people think is going on up there, uh, other than the, the toxic waste dump and the people that are being uh, forced to work in very inhumane conditions and uh, forced away from their families for months and years at a time, forced to fly on these private planes, all these other things that are going on out there that people don't talk about, uh, other than UFOs and things like that. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't take. T- take this interview too seriously you know every now and again we do talk about here on the show about how uh, politicians are making promises or or they say something it always seems like right before the election you'll have one side or the other uh, make some sort of declaration when i get in office i'm going to tell you everything i know about ufos and aliens and then they get in there and there's nothing absolutely nothing and so i don't know why this is such a big thing or who this, you know, they must know a demographic that this appeals to. And they, they tend to, to leave this little bread trail uh, that leads to nowhere or I guess to a pack of pigeons for that matter. Uh, but uh, I wouldn't expect this to go anywhere at all. Uh, so don't get excited. 
I don't think we'll have uh, any answers to what Dem aliens are up to. Uh, well, I do have a link to that. That's an easy one to get a link to. Uh, but I'll put one. I think this is the one that has uh, it's actually got the a clip attached to it so you can watch that portion. But yeah, like I said, I want to go back and kind of watch uh, other portions of that interview just to see how, you know, I've seen them talk, I mean, gosh, for years on different shows together. But, uh, you know, just to, just that interview to kind of gauge the seriousness of that segment. Oh, but a uh, story that's it's almost rivaling President Trump's uh, message there about Roswell, uh, but it's uh, happening on the other side of the world, pretty much. Uh, in Japan, there is a UFO sighting that's causing, again, a lot of controversy because of the unknown aspect. And it started out really simple. It didn't seem like a UFO sighting, but it's really started to gain a lot of traction in the UFO field. Uh, a simple appearance of a large white balloon-like object over the city of Sendai in northeastern Japan has sparked controversy and speculation. And it's gone pretty much the full gamut here. So it's been from everything from an, an alien invasion to a potential security threat to Japan. So it's, it's pretty much right across the board of what this could be, what people think it is. Uh, Twitter and other forms of social media erupted around 7 a.m. on June 17th as many began spotting the object high in the sky and reporting it to local agencies. The object was a large white sphere with a cross-shaped object hanging below it. And I do have a picture of that that I'll share in chat a lot of pictures this week uh, i know people like pictures uh so here is and uh, this is a uh, pretty zoomed in uh, so if you've seen other pictures of this it's it's you know you'd see just this white dot in the sky but here it is uh, a really good zoom this is probably taken through uh, that would have to be a very good zoom or maybe even a telescope here. But uh, you can see there's a, a thing hanging below it. Uh, that's basically instrumentation. This is definitely a weather balloon. And uh, gosh, I know when people, especially you know, on paranormal shows, they hear that. I, I heard a collective eye roll from the audience. Uh, but trust me, that's that's definitely a weather balloon. Uh, so the object... The sighting of this object became the third most trending topic on Japanese Twitter. And, oh, I so wish I knew what the top two were. But uh, this is cool. That's number three, at least. Uh, so an official from the Japan Meteorological Agency's Sendai office stated the object, well, wasn't theirs. Nor did it belong to the municipal government or the self-defense forces. So nobody knows whose object this is. So, of course, when this hit, uh, that's when the speculation erupted. So from the obvious UFO to a balloon used to spread COVID-19, that's what uh, people were thinking. And uh, the... <laughs> Yeah, the object launched by the North Korean military to drop propaganda leaflets 
Must be all out of them because I don't see any leaflets up there. Yikes. A lot of other things, too, speculated. But uh, authorities began tracking the object immediately. Uh, they had a helicopter up there. They lost sight of it in the clouds. So this object was strangely just kind of hovering in one one area. So it depends on the elevation that you go. Obviously, temperature changes with elevation. It gets colder, but it also gets warmer. Uh, you have wind shear. The wind can change directions depending upon your elevation. So uh, the balloon could have just been holding tight uh, in this area. Then they said uh, it got cloudy. Then eventually this thing moved out into uh, out over the, the ocean. Uh, but uh, authorities say the object is not a threat to aircraft, but they're still attempting to monitor its location and flight path just to be on the safe side. Uh, the object is, again, more than likely a weather balloon. I mean, that's, I would identify 99.99%. I've seen the same similar objects hanging down from it. Um, but the big controversy is nobody knows who launched it. No permits exist to a weather balloon in that area. Uh, no one is claiming the balloon is theirs. Of course, it, it could be uh, a weather balloon from a different area that's just blown off course. Who knows? Uh, but still no news on this. I've been looking at this uh, every few, gosh, almost every few hours. And uh, don't see it. Um, yeah, if you're going to put a weather balloon up uh, in, I, I don't know Japan's laws or rules, but I know here in the United States, uh, you have to file a flight plan with the, uh, the FAA. So you have to have permits, uh, state permits or federal permits to fly these things. Uh, depending upon your elevation with it, and uh, especially if you're going to be crossing flight paths, you have to file. Uh, I don't know. Japan would probably be pretty similar, but just weird. And the fact that they have no answers as to whose it is, of course, that leads to speculation, which, of course, uh, any flying object it immediately leads to aliens. Aliens. Uh... So a couple of links to that. I got a whole handful of links for that one too, but uh, I'll give you the, what I feel like is probably your best bet to have an enjoyable reading opportunity. And there you go. Livescience.com. Good, uh, good read right there. Oh uh, yeah. I don't know, but uh, it's, it's controversial. People don't like the whole weather balloon thing. Whenever you say weather balloon, People just roll their eyes. All right, ghost news. So if we haven't had enough controversy, yeah, ghost news. Again, social media. I, I just don't. I just don't get it. Uh, social media only leads to one thing, and that's uh, arguments. Uh, I should say opinions. And my opinion is right, and yours is wrong. And that's what everyone says. So it's it's really hard to get anything in edgewise. On uh, any social media platform, but this was a video uploaded to Reddit, and it's created a bit of controversy about ghost animals, cats in particular. People love ghost cats. Uh, so back on May 24th of this year, a woman was turning on her lights to a room with her cell phone, which is, I, I guess, something that we all do when we're home. We use our phone to turn on lights in other rooms. Uh, 
All right, just write that one down. Keep that in the back of your mind for a second. Uh, so as the uh, the camera begins to adjust, so the lights come on, the camera starts to adjust. So this is an infrared camera, so it sees in the dark. Uh, it just sees in infrared, so it doesn't really see in the dark. It just sees a different spectrum of light. Uh, the camera begins to adjust. A ghost cat begins to appear on the couch. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, the woman walks into the room and looks in the direction of the cat, but doesn't appear to see it. And uh, it seems to be looking right at her. The cat is uh, a dark black, and she says it looks just like her cat, Blackjack, who passed away strangely almost exactly a year ago. Uh, she states on a post to Reddit a week ago this past Sunday, there was uh, nothing black on the couch, only pillows that are red, gray, and a cream color, which we do see in the video. <laughs> well, I don't know. Um, yeah, so, I mean, what a chilling event this must, uh, this must obviously prove beyond the shadow of a doubt. We have video proof here that ghost animals exist now i don't want to, i couldn't really load a video in here to chat but what i did i did the next best thing i have a series of photos and i kind of meshed them all together but you know i was just thinking about it uh i'm going to throw three different screen caps in here just for dramatic effect so uh, you'll see the first screen cap pop in now this is when uh the lights were off i don't know if it's light or dark i forgot to look that well it's uh, 9 29 p.m it's 2100 hours so depending upon where they're at it should be kind of dark ish ish uh, so it looks a little bit lighter outside than inside so it's probably in the sunset so you can see that the room is pretty dark but you really can't tell it's dark because it's it's in ir mode and uh so it's black and white so then uh We'll go to the next picture, and you want to keep an eye there on the couch that's on the left. And we see now the second picture. Uh, the lights are on. You can tell the lights. There's two lights above that are lit up. The camera is still in black and white, and you see the couch uh, kind of changed colors a little bit. The couch is actually now a little bit darker. And the details, you can start to see the outlines of the pillows a little bit better there on the couch. And it's a couple seconds later. And then the third picture, uh, which kind of jumps ahead a few more seconds, is uh, with the lights on. And the picture is now in color. And what do we see but a ghost cat? And if you're a keen-eyed observer, uh, you would have seen a cat in the top photo the first photograph has a cat that jumps off uh, a bed there in the back side i guess it is pretty dark out not dark dark but uh what is that uh dusk the official termination um so yeah the lights are on the the uh, room is lit up and we see this ghost cat on the couch the woman walks in she looks around the room strangely and then just walks out, which is even more strangely strangish. 
I, I don't get what was going on here. That's I, I guess that's kind of where I'm going with this. But uh, here's a kind of composite of the ghost cat. So we have uh, three images that I just showed put together, uh, but showing just the area of the couch. And you can see the progression uh, of the light changing to color. And you can see, if you go back and forth, you can see the image just starting to appear in the center photograph. And then we see a, a very keen, dark outline of, looks like a cat. Looks like a cat is laying there. Uh, there's little ears. Uh, but in the middle one, you can start to see it appear. It's crazy. Crazy. But yeah, it's not the cat that's up in the middle. There, that's a, it's a living cat. So if you watch the video, you'll see that cat... I jump off the couch and and I think I, I think it walks out the door. Uh, but you know, it seems like on that post a lot of people were were siding with her, uh, saying, "Wow, it's a ghost cat. It's great. It's a real ghost cat." Uh, but for me, uh, I don't take that uh, at face value. It's when the researcher investigator in me kicks in. I gotta I gotta kind of look at things a little bit closer. Now. I've been doing this for quite a while. I've been a ghost researcher uh, for a long time. I've been around IR cameras for a long, long time. And I tell you, they, they, they act a little, they act funny. So if you're not used to them, uh, even P I've seen people that have had cameras for years and they get confused about what they're seeing, the color. And uh, it changes the way we see things, which is one of the reasons why I think it's it's really dumb to investigate in the dark because you're you're altering what you're seeing. You're altering perception. Uh, colors and light do a lot of funny things in the dark by uh, using infrared. It's weird. So a black T-shirt becomes white. Shades of reds, greens, grays, they can almost look the same in IR uh, in the dark. So if we really do a close examination, which I did, uh, you can see the black object is actually there the whole entire time. Now, she claims that there was no black object there on the couch at all. So there was no blanket. There was no towel. There was no stuffed cat, nothing. So, uh, but if you do look, you can see the this object, whatever it is, was there the whole time. It just blends in with the other darker colors until the lights come on and the camera adjusts to color. Uh, yes, the colors are distinct in the light, but what infrared shows us, again, is different than color. It's a different wavelength. So if you look around the room, if you watch this video a, a few times, you kind of go back and forth and you focus on different objects, especially the dark objects. Many of them blend in with colors nearby and kind of do the same thing as this cat does. Um, I mean, but, but Brian, she said the black object was not there. How do we explain that? So my feeling on this is that the video was taken on May 24th. And then three weeks later, posts a video and makes the statement that nothing was there on the couch. I mean, I couldn't even tell you what I had for dinner last night. Or did I even eat dinner tonight? I don't remember. So is it possible she forgot something that was there three weeks prior? I think so. Uh, how long from when the video was watched did she find the ghost cat? I think it's possible she did realize the object was there to begin with. And it could be an honest mistake or wishful thinking. I mean, on the other side of the coin, many people in the comments of the Reddit post ask, 
why would there be a random IR camera posted in a room like this? You know, what purpose does a camera like this pose? Well, somebody asked her that question, what does the purpose of this camera pose? And she skated around the question, never really answered it. Uh, but we learned the camera is motion activated and she looks at it uh, pretty infrequently. We also get the idea that she's been dealing with ghosts in the location. So to me, that's a kind of a, we talk about a lot about red flags here tonight, but that's a big red flag to me. Now, obviously, belief is a, a very big factor in this. Now, she thinks her, her house is haunted. The room's got a ghost. So definitely, uh, this is, this is going to be her cat no matter what anybody says. Uh, one poster points out this is matrixing, which is more than likely the most correct assessment. It's just light and shadow creating a shape that we want to see. Uh, we're prompted to see a cat, and we even get to see a living one early on in the short video to get our minds ready for it. We're told what to expect. So when we see the shape, we uh, we put all that together, and that's what we see. We see a ghost cat. Uh, generally, we talk about matrixing and the paranormal. We s generally see faces. So people see an orb. Oh, my gosh, I see a face in the orb. People see a tree. They see a face in the tree. I mean, heck, you could stare at your carpet. Oh my gosh, it was Abraham Lincoln. Right, my carpet. Weird. Um, yeah, but this is a kind of a controversial thing going on right now. Uh, again, it kind of all matters. It comes down to belief, but I think really and truly, um, you have to look at facts and information. It's it's one thing that you're, you know, you can look at it with your emotions and what you want to believe. That's all fine. But to make the claim, uh, you got to back it up. And I don't think there's any way to prove this as a ghost, but there's plenty of ways to prove that it's uh, something different than that. And uh, last but not least, uh, through the link there to the actual Reddit post there, so you can watch the video and uh, you can read through all the interesting and informative comments that Reddit posters are known for. Uh, so last but not least, we have... Uh, so if you're on, into haunted places, I know it's a weird time of the year. We were talking about haunted houses last week. But, uh, gosh, not even July yet. We're talking about haunted locations. And this is confusing that this is out right now. So uh, you might want to check out your local newsstand before too long. And I, I don't normally say this. Uh, don't support this. But uh, with this one, I, I, I kind of do. Uh, go to your local grocery store. Uh, whatever you have, uh, a Walmart, Kroger, whatever it is, go to the magazine area or the checkouts and, and look for a special edition magazine. It's called America's Scariest Places. Uh, the one that I have that I've seen in two different stores here in Northeast Ohio, they have a shadowy cemetery on the front cover. Uh, I do have a picture of that. I'll show you. And I was confused by this because I've seen this magazine before. And when I saw it, I was like, that recognize it sounds familiar, but maybe it's maybe I'm mistaking it. Uh, that's the picture I took of it. Uh, America's Scariest Places. It's actually not a new magazine. Uh, it's actually a reissue. It's been out at least the last two years. Uh, again, I wouldn't normally say this, but go to the magazine area and read it. Don't just grab it and buy it. Uh, unless you're really into old prisons, hospitals, famous haunted places here in the United States, 
Uh, the list price for the magazine is $12.99, 13 bucks. But granted, I think it's like 100 pages, a lot of pictures, not a lot of information on there, though, which is, is kind of my concern. Uh, it says on the cover, if you look down by the barcode, it says display until August 31st. 2020, which I'm not sure why with Halloween just a little bit further away than that. Uh, the reason I say read it and, and don't buy it, uh, I, I support authors, you know, people buying books and not sitting, drinking a coffee in a bookstore, reading their books. But with this, uh, a lot of categories and most of the stuff that's in this are just the top things that, that people have talked about on TV and websites. They've beaten them, to, beaten them into the ground. And there's way more pictures than information. And so if you go online, you'll probably find more information online than what you will uh, in this magazine. But uh, so I, I guess that's going to officially make it the book of the week for June 23rd. Again, that's America's Scariest Places, Haunted, Creepy, Abandoned. And it's got a cemetery there on the front cover. Uh, the magazine were, will be available where magazines and books are sold. And it should be on stands until August 31st, or usually until they run out of them. So if you're a collector of these types of things and you want to get out there before they're gone. But I'm pretty much going to guarantee you, I think it's probably going to be reissued next year. Uh, I do have an Amazon link to, uh, to last, well, I think it's this year's, but they show last year's book cover for some reason. Uh, because it's reissued. So it's probably the same thing. I remember reading through this last year. And uh, eh, wasn't really. I don't think there's anywhere that I've actually been. In that place or investigated. But it, it does name some of the top places. Um, known haunted spots. Around the United States. There's also one for the world. That I've read too. Uh, but we'll see. Maybe that one will come out pretty soon. So that's your Paranormal News Insider for the week. Um, happy to see everybody in the chat room. Again, uh, staying comfortable, staying warm, and sharing cookies, I hope, uh, in the chat room. But, uh, yeah, week number five of June. Crazy. June has five Tuesdays. So we will end the month next week, and we'll say hello to July next week's show. But, yeah, I will see you next week. Well, not really see you. I mean, I'll see you in chat, I hope. Uh, but I will see you next week. But for now, keep your eyes in the skies, your ears in the woods, the hair standing on the back of your neck. And always keep your mind slightly ajar. And above all else, don't stop believing. For the Paranormal News Insider, this is Dr. Brian D. Parsons reporting.